0: Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. We believe that with smart marketing, you can compete with the largest players in your industry. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'll be joined by Tiffany Lee Bymaster, and we're going to explore Facebook Live as a marketing strategy. By the way, you want to reach me, I am at Stelzner on Instagram, and if you're new to this show, be sure to follow us so you do not miss any of our future content. Do you wish there was an easier way to track and analyze your social activities? Imagine effortlessly tracking your reach and engagement across Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and TikTok. What if you could easily spot changes and proactively modify your social strategy? What could that make possible? This is the power of Iconosquare. Iconosquare saves you time and money by managing all your social activities and tracking key social metrics in visual charts so you can finally persuade your boss or clients that your efforts are working. Presented in one centralized dashboard, Iconosquare enables you to make data-driven decisions so you can plan your organic and paid strategy with complete confidence. You owe it to yourself to check out our sponsor, Iconosquare. As a listener of the Social Media Marketing Podcast, you qualify for an exclusive offer. Visit iconosquare.com SME for a free 30-day trial and a 30% discount if you stick with the platform. Again, visit iconosquare.com SME. You support this show by checking out our sponsors. And now for this week's interview with Tiffany Lee Bymaster. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Tiffany Lee Bymaster. If you don't know who Tiffany is, she's a live video expert and founder of Coach Glitter Media, a company that helps businesses with personal branding. And her course is called Lights, Camera Branding. Tiffany, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I have to stay right from the get-go. This is such a long time coming and I feel like we have not even a full degree of separation. We have so many mutual friends and it's truly an honor to get to be here because I've been on the other side of all of your videos and your podcasts. So I'm excited for this.
0: Well, thank you. I'm super excited to talk to you today. So today we're going to talk about Facebook Live and strategy and all the fun stuff about that. So before we go there, Tiffany, I want to hear your story. <laughs> How in the world did you get into live video? Because I'm sure it's a fascinating story. Start wherever you want to start.
1: Oh my gosh. I have to go back at least eight years. I love the online space. I started off on MySpace and then Twitter, but I was never a business or a brand. I did it just for the fun of it. And at that time, I was probably about 15 years into the production world industry as my business. I've been working as a professional makeup artist and wardrobe stylist, and then ultimately became a set designer. And one of my regular clients just happened to be Shalene Johnson. And as she was transitioning her business from the offline space as a fitness pro and starting to build her business and her email list and all the things that she was getting ready to launch her first book and getting into the online space, literally learning how to do Twitter, I was behind the scenes with her for about 11 years. And so I got to see from the periphery and as the person behind the scenes, as she started to grow her business and do these huge live events, I got exposure. And that proximity truly is so much power into what's possible because I didn't even know any of this existed.
0: First of all, I love Shalene's. And I got to go back a little bit. You said you were working on production and set design. Just tell us a little bit more. Were you talking television? We you talking plays? What are we talking about? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, I started off in film and then I didn't want to live like a carnival person, which there's nothing wrong with that if you love that, but I, I was never home. And at the time I was newly married to my husband and I was hardly ever home, hardly ever saw him.
0: Did you do any cool films? I mean, is there any fun films that you can mention?
1: Oh, I think the ones that I worked on initially in the film world, there were lots of D-listers and small movies and indies and things like that. And then when I got into television so that I could stay home most of the time in California, even though I still traveled quite a bit, that was at the same time that the whole world had gone through a lot of the economic problems that it did back like in 2008 and simultaneously with the television industry, there was multiple strikes at the same time with the union as well as the writer's strike. And so that is when reality shows were born. So Ah. name a bad reality show or the most fun reality shows or the ones that you don't want to admit to. I've probably worked on 90% of them. So all the housewives
0: like Big Brother and all those kind of things. Wow, that's (laughs) cool. <laughs> yeah. So set design, what does that mean? Does that mean you're just making the room look cool? I mean, I'm just curious.
1: It's anywhere from doing the actual building to set decor, set decoration, set dressing, depends on the gig, what they call it. But I did a little bit of that because I got so fascinated with production outside of just my initial skills of doing makeup and styling. Right. And then on smaller projects, just always being that go-to person that's willing to learn something and like Googling it on the side <laughs> and saying yes. And I'll figure it out later. That's how I stumbled upon pretty much everything I've ever done in any of my businesses offline or online.
0: Sweet. So take us back. So you're working with Shaleen and somehow some way live video works its way into the story. Tell us more.
1: Yeah. So right before live video became a thing on Periscope, a year prior to that, I had started accidentally as an affiliate marketer. And I had a very small but very mighty social media following. Even to this present day, I don't have a massive following, but I know how to build community. I know how to build connection. And because I was the walking, talking Yelp for some of these digital programs, as I was starting to tiptoe into personal and business development, as my eyes were opening to up opportunities that I didn't even know existed, my friends and the people that knew me in real life, as well as my small growing audience on social media, they were paying attention even though I had no idea. So I got the opportunity to be an affiliate marketer. And that's actually how I made my first dollar online as an affiliate. And then I ended up on the top 10 list for a lot of the really big affiliate launches and people would google my name because they wouldn't recognize me amongst all these powerhouses in the in the personal and business development space. Huh. And so I learned about marketing and business from first behind the scenes and then diving in as an affiliate which I think is an amazing way to learn. And then the advent of live video beyond just what we knew it from with like Ustream, which I worked on a lot of Ustream shows behind the scenes. But when I first got on my very first Periscope, it wasn't because I downloaded the app and I wanted to do it. Shalene, I have to give her credit downloaded it on my phone, pushed me in front, literally pushed me in front of my first live video. I didn't know it was live. It ended up being sideways. It ended up staying on in my pocket backstage at an event that we were both working at. And that was my first terrible, horrible introduction into the live video world.
0: Well, and we should say, for those that are not familiar with what Periscope is, Periscope launched, I think, in 2014, 13, and fascinatingly enough, before that, there was a South by Southwest and there was a different thing called Meerkat.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: both Periscope and Meerkat, what made them unique was that you could go live from your phone. Now, prior to this, that was not possible because you had to have a computer and it had to have a decent amount of power. And the fact that you could go live from your phone all of a sudden opened up a whole new world. And you know what happened was Periscope, which was quickly bought by Twitter almost instantly the second it came out, came out right up against Meerkat and funny enough, they launched literally the day before Social Media Marketing World or on the very first day of one of our conferences. And I remember everybody switching right there on the spot, you know, (laughs) and starting to mess around with it and stuff. And it just kind of opened up a whole new world of creators who finally found it very easy to just grab their phone. Many times they would stick it on a selfie stick and they would just walk around Uh and they would go live. And of course they would lose their signal and everything. But you remember those days, right?
1: I loved it. And because it was such a low barrier of entry, which still to this day, I love live video and specifically Facebook because of that, that it allowed someone like me who was so fearful of video who, you know, eight years ago, the people that knew me back then, even as a really successful affiliate marketer, they would have never put their bets on me that I would be someone that's on video. I'm a total introvert. I'm an hermit introvert. I love one-on-one conversations. I love collaborations, but I'm not one to get on video or have the spotlight on me. But because of that exposure and the opportunity and doing things that are far outside my natural comfort zone or my skill level, that when that started with Periscope, it completely changed my life, completely changed my life.
0: So transition that into what you're doing nowadays with live video, if you don't mind.
1: So, this is seven years later. I have a thriving online business. I do a tiny bit of consulting with some of my private clients. I haven't picked up a makeup brush to do anyone else's makeup in probably close to three years now. And 98% of my business is online and I teach live video to other personal brand businesses and brands, business owners who are looking to leverage their visibility and their brand. And especially with live launches, I've done now to this date over 28 live launches and they go hand in hand. So it's what I teach. It's what I love.
0: Yeah. And, you know, Periscope kind of faded into non-existence and mm-hmm. eventually became Twitter Live. And somewhere along the line, you pivoted over to Facebook is what I'm guessing, right? And that's kind of the main area where you're doing a lot of your work today, Facebook Live. Yes. Yeah.
1: I built an audience bigger and faster than I had ever done even now. <laughs> and you and I, we were on Clubhouse. I don't know about you, but I was on Clubhouse for a minute, but I built a really big audience pretty quickly there as well. But even though I had the popularity, quote unquote, and the vanity numbers over on Periscope that I recognized really early on. I wasn't on for very long, that the second Facebook announced that live video was coming to their platform, and at that time it wasn't open to everyone. They were rolling it out and it was only available to people who had the blue check mark and mostly celebrities. Right. I distinctly remember watching a Facebook Live from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I said, Periscope is over. I'm going back to Facebook. And so I didn't even have a business page at that point. This is what helped me to create the business page, to focus on it. And I have not left. Still to this day, I have not left. So that is where I primarily focus, even though I have a presence and still a much bigger audience on Instagram, where my business grows and where we get the revenue and where we grow our audiences. And we do all the things that you don't see on the surface level that happens on Facebook.
0: So there's a lot of marketers listening right now and entrepreneurs who are a little skittish about maybe going live on Facebook and not sure, you know, whether this is going to be strategically wise for them. What do you want to say, to anyone who's listening as to why they should consider leveraging Facebook Live as kind of part of their marketing strategy?
1: I truly believe more than ever before that Facebook Live is more relevant. It is more important, especially as business owners. Now, I'm not talking about the people who just love to do selfies and they're super cute on Instagram and there's nothing wrong with that. But I think what's been happening in the marketing space, especially this year with all of the iOS changes that are happening and still continuing to happen into the near future, that this is where we really have to have a solid plan and a solid strategy to grow our businesses. And live video, if you ask me and you are, it's the fastest way to grow an audience, but an engaged audience that converts, that actually builds your business. And so for business owners and for marketers, Facebook Live is more relevant than ever before, not just for the organic reasons, but also for the paid reasons, which I'm super excited to dive into further with you.
0: Well, and if I could just add a few extra thoughts here, Um, the truth of the matter is, no matter how we feel about Mark Zuckerberg, you know, (laughs) our fearless leader of Facebook, the fact of the matter is that there's a lot of people on Facebook. Mm -hmm. There's an enormous amount of people. If your audience is over the age of 35, there's a high likelihood that they spend a lot of time living on Facebook and are addicted to it and it's become normalized as a regular part of their pattern. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I look at Facebook a day, you know, and I try my best not to, (laughs) but it's something we do. And it's a regular part of kind of the routine of adults all over the world. And the fact of the matter is it's the world's biggest social platform bar none. And the other side of it is that I, always love the fact that that Facebook live turns into something afterwards, right? Yes. So many people might be thinking, well, I don't want, I don't know when my audience is going to be on there. Well, the fact of the matter is that that turns into a video instantly with no extra action. And that video is going to be watched oftentimes more than even the live video. And I think that's powerful. Any other thoughts as far as like value prop of Facebook live, or do you feel like we've covered it pretty well?
1: Oh, there's so many reasons. I truly believe that video, in general, I know a lot of people have been wishing for video to go away and for other platforms outside of just Facebook, but they are video centric. Video of any type, whether it's short form, long form, whether it's vertical video, horizontal video. The fact is that as a brand, as a business, we have to have a presence on video, and the lowest barrier of entry to get into the video space is with live video, yeah. and I. Always tell my students, whether you're so scared to do video, whether you're freaking out and you're sweating and you're shaking, that's normal, by the way, video is a skill. And it's a skill that creates transferable skills that trickles down into every area of your business. And so as serious brands, as serious business owners, as we are heading into the new year, as we're heading into the next 10 years, video is only going to get bigger. And I know that live video because of all the reasons from the the moment that you go live and more importantly, what happens after that live video, specifically on Facebook that you can't currently do anywhere else. As business owners, we cannot discount the power of Facebook Live.
0: Okay. So we're here today to talk for the rest of this interview, really about strategic ways to use Facebook Live. To ultimately accomplish the business objective, which for so many of us is sales Mm -hmm. or leads or whatever that marketing objective is. So let's explore your live video strategy. Where do you want to start? Maybe you can give us a high overview, maybe on some of the tenants, and then we can dig into some of this.
1: So the main three tenants, the main three pillars of my live video strategy, it really focuses on brand positioning, brand messaging, and then what we can do after the fact to not only increase the likelihood that we're going to have paid advertising success, but to also lower the cost of our ads, which I know this year more than ever, for most businesses have increased greatly. So brand positioning to me is how we position ourselves as an expert. How do people describe what we do, who we help and how we do it when we're not in the room? And are we able to verbalize that simply and succinctly and the way that we get above, beyond all the noise that's out there and stand out and be known for, especially in the beginning, be known for one thing. But brand positioning is not just about our expertise, but it's how we connect with our audience. It's how we connect with our audience in a way that separates our brand, even if our niche is in an area that is so, quote, unquote, crowded with thousands of other people who do it. But Live video positions you as the human that you are. It puts the personality back into your personal brand or your business. It puts a face to the business. It's what makes the Mark Zuckerberg or the Steve Jobs of these massive brands stick out because of who they are, the person behind the brand, the Michael Stelzner's of the world. And so brand positioning, not only does it do that with the video and the live video specifically, but it speeds up the no like and trust factor. And if we look at how people launch their products and their services, when we're using live video as so many of the different types of live launches, and I work a lot with coaches and people who have their own digital courses and memberships. When you study what that core common way that people are putting their products out there, especially with live or even with evergreen launches, live video is an instrumental, if not the main way that people get out there. And it speeds up that conversion factor to not only get the leads, but to take those leads and shorten up the time that it normally would take to become a sale. So many people are dismissing it and so many people are only doing it when they're about to sell something. And the time to position your brand isn't right before you're about to sell. It's to create that cohesive connection with your audience in between your launches. And I always say when you're not in a launch, you're already in your pre-launch. So building up that runway and using your live videos so that people know that you're there regardless if you're selling something or you're building up your leads... So looking at your overall social media strategy, live video, once a week, that's the minimum. Once a week, going live on Facebook to be able to do the next thing, which is your messaging, to not only show up and have the no like, and trust factor.
0: So given your background in design and appearance and all that kind of stuff, is there anything that we should be doing before we go live in order to convey a brand outside of the messaging. So before we transition into messaging, is there stuff we should be doing with what shows up on the screen? Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. With your visual branding. Yeah. I think that's evolving a lot. And I used to have the stance that like a lot of people, there was that pressure of looking a certain way, especially for women. Do I have to wear makeup? Do I not wear makeup? If I don't wear makeup in, in real life, do I do it for video? And this is the thing. Our entire social media marketing space has evolved so much. And I know it's the most overused word, but authenticity really is so important, more important. And I'm not talking about the fake authenticity, but true authenticity, showing up as you are, whether that's made up or not, or having a perfect background and... And perfect everything else. With live video, I think what's far more important is that you show up consistently and you have a purpose behind why you show up. You have a purpose behind how you want to serve and what your message is. And you're not just winging it for the sake of winging it, but you're there truly to be able to be of service to other people. But with that said, and even as someone who's been in the live video space for so many years now, that the most important things when it comes to how we show up are set. The most important thing is clear connection, our internet connection, because we know nowadays, you know, people are not going to stick around to your video, and they're certainly not going to stick around if you don't have a great connection. And so, getting off of Wi-Fi, hardwiring, and then even more important than the video clarity is your actual voice. What is the quality of the sound? Is there a lot of background noise? But my philosophy when it comes to live video specifically is that you don't need to be fancy to start, even. Seven years later, I don't even own a camera, Michael. I don't even own a fancy camera. At this point, I'm kind of doing it to prove a point that I'm just using my built-in camera on my MacBook. And I'm using an inexpensive mic that was a gift to me under $100. And I sometimes just use my earbuds and I have a lav mic that's probably $17 from Amazon and they work great. I have built a multi-million dollar businesses without having any fancy equipment.
0: Perfect. So let's talk about messaging because obviously this is an important part of the strategy. So Mm -hmm. especially if we're going to be, you know, ultimately trying to sell our audience on something. So what do we need to know about messaging?
1: Our messaging is everything. You know, I often talk to a lot of business owners, whether they're in the newer stages of business or maybe like in their first three to five launches that they will blame that it was a webinar or it was the challenge or maybe it's however they're launching their products. But what we need to focus on is our messaging because it's usually the messaging that falls flat. It's so simple, yet we tend to overcomplicate just about everything when it comes to our businesses.
0: So I would love to understand from your perspective, you know, you said messaging is everything and I believe that's true. And once we're live, It sounds like you have done this so many times that you just, you know, you probably have a couple bullet points or something that's guiding your conversation. But if the goal here is to use our live video to ultimately move them to a sale, is there particular things that you make sure you cover in particular order in order to ensure someone, first of all, watches the live video? Secondly, gets to the point in the live video where you're promoting, you know, help me understand the connection between those.
1: Yeah. So when we're going live, there is always a purpose to drive traffic somewhere outside of the platform. And we're doing that by building our email list. We're inviting them to get on our waitlist for our launch, which we only launch a couple times a year max. And so how can we better serve them off of the platform as well? And because we're doing this on the live video, and we're giving it as an audio call to action, a verbal call to action. We're not putting it into the actual caption of the video itself that it's kind of a sneaky workaround, right? Because we know that if we put outside links on our captions of any type on social media, especially Facebook, we're driving their traffic away from the platform. But we're giving these verbal cues, these verbal call to actions to join us, read the blog, get on the podcast. And we're able to do that by giving the CTA. So your call to actions not only create more engagement, but it also creates the traffic to where you want to drive them outside of the platform. So that's something that I always do on my live videos. Where do you want them to go? Where can they get more information? Where can they dive in deeper or learn more about your business or how you can work together? So that's one of the intentions that we always do. But as far as the content creation itself, it's really simple. We keep it so simple. It's one topic and it's usually three to four bullet points. And we like to keep the interest of our audience high. And we want to extend the time that they're on live with us. And our live videos, these are not videos where people stay on for three seconds or six seconds. We're always looking at the amount of time that they're spending with us. And so one of the things that I learned way back from the production world and with working on commercials and television shows is that the shot's always changing. So what can we do really simply without having an entire production team around you. But this is where I loved using slides. So there's more visual interest that's changing more often on the screen versus a 15, 30 or 45 minute. I tend to have longer live videos at this point that it's not just a talking head continuously the entire time. So I love to use slides. I like to use GIFs or GIFs. Do you say GIFs or GIFs? I say GIFs.
0: Uh, (laughs) I know. I I go back and forth. Probably I say GIF, I think, more than GIF. Yeah.
1: You know, I have to remind myself, it's the opposite of the peanut butter. (laughs) There you go. Yes. That would be GIF. We like to incorporate those things in lower thirds. And nowadays, it is easier than ever before to be able to utilize that without any fancy tools, with just a laptop you don't even need any additional switchers or multi camera and tons of expensive software there's so many easy third-party software programs out there that allows you to use graphics and change out your screen and share your screen without any of the advanced tech or tools, which I don't teach those things. I keep it really simple, but I focus on the messaging, on the branding, on what we're saying and showing up consistently more so than the fancy stuff.
0: Okay. So you go live, you're live for about 45 minutes When you say branding, is part of the branding also the way that your slide deck looks? Are you using some sort of a, did you have a designer design a cool looking deck, if you will, that kind of plays to your brand and and maybe they just see a little tiny picture of your face in the corner or something like that? Is that how it generally looks?
1: I wish I can say that I was that organized and that fancy, but no, we are designers Canva and we create beautiful slides that are very interesting and aligned with our brand, but we like to experiment with different colors and different seasons. I like to have different seasons of my live show. So then we'll stick to a theme for a while and then we'll switch it up, but nothing fancy. We just create them on Canva.
0: I love that. I love it. So when you're live, Do you have any uh, suggested techniques to get things started with the words that come out of your mouth? Like, do you have a certain (laughs) script that you say when you first go live?
1: You know, I don't have a script.
0: Or in general, what do you do? How do you start your lives?
1: The first thing that we do is we start with the hook. And a lot of people, they start with, hey, guys. I try to get rid of the hey guys or hey everyone. It's one of the things I had to break that habit and then you become a meme yourself, right? It's like an SNL skit. I don't want to be an SNL skit. So I'm always working on getting rid of the hey guys, but going straight into the hook. So we know what the hook is before we go live. That's one of the things that we practice. So we practice creating that with our emails. And then I practice that. It's the one thing that I do kind of rehearse before I go live is knowing what the hook is. It's kind of like when you're giving a speech, what are you going to say from the get go? And then how are you going to wrap up your speech? And so we have a hook and we start with that. And that could be a simple question.
0: Are you comfortable enough just making one up on the fly so we can hear what it might sound like?
1: If you've ever been scared to go live, let me share with you my story of how I got started as a reluctant behind the scenes person and created a multi seven figure business by doing things scared.
0: Perfect. What I love about what Tiffany just did, everyone who's listening, is it took her less than 30 seconds. She asked a question. She essentially said who it was for by saying, if you've ever felt scared to go live. And then she said a little bit about herself, about how she um, is going to basically teach you based on her experience. And what's great about that is Tiffany knows that not everyone is there the instant she goes live, right? That's probably more for the people watching the playback.
1: (laughs) The replay. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So then what's the next part of your process? I'm just curious.
1: And then I introduce myself. So then immediately after the hook, the question, it's usually a question right? because people really love that and they feel like you're speaking to them. And I'm always speaking to one person and I want to have a conversation with that person. This is how you get to know your ideal customer so much better. And so once I share who I am and how I help them, then we're going to go straight into the actual topic of the live. And this is where I'm constantly refining my process. It's the skill of becoming a better storyteller, people remember story. And I know that with my audience, initially, I just thought they wanted the tactics and the strategies, do these three things, do these five things. And people love numbers, by the way, like the five steps to do or the five things to avoid. But what they remember though, and why they keep coming back and tuning in is that they identify with you. They resonate with you. So taking those same three or five steps, this and five steps, that, teaching the how-to stuff, but infusing it with the story. Why do they care? Why does it matter to them? And how do you have personal experience with it? You know, In the beginning stages of building my brand, I felt like I had to show up a certain way. I had to look a certain way. I had to be really perfect. I didn't have struggles of my own. And the more I revealed those things, the more people resonated with me.
0: Love it. I mean, folks, this is so key story before lesson, right? Because Mm -hmm. the lesson can be in the story if you tell it the right way. And after you tell your story, you could say, and by the way, this is the moral of that story. Boom, 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 boom. Instead of saying, just do this, you can tell a story and you can say, this is what she did. He did. They did whatever. And it's so powerful. Now, as you're doing this throughout the 45 minutes, are there points where you're actually calling out people and interacting with them? Or how are you engaging, if, in, if at all, the live audience? Or are you acting as if they're not live? I'm curious.
1: Oh, that's such a great question. You know, nowadays, even with my audience, you would think it would be growing and growing and growing. But on the live on Facebook in particular, with our organic reach, it has reduced. But that's not why we're really doing these live videos. We're there to serve the live audience. I will give a, a chunk of information, a a piece of content. And then I will pause to recognize who's there to actually say their name. Oh my goodness. Say their names. People love when you save their names. And if you're able to put their comment on the screen, if you're able to do that, you want to utilize those things that are so easily now available these days with third party platforms but I will answer a couple of questions but I keep that really minimal and I do them in chunks especially if we know ahead of time we're going to take that live video and we're going to repurpose it later for other purposes other you know sound bites that we utilize for recorded videos and nowadays we're experimenting more with creating more volume of just content ready to go for different platforms. I love that. So we're always doing them in chunks so that we have individual sound bites.
0: Are you also injecting calls to action throughout the entire thing, knowing full well that most people are going to stick around for the whole thing?
1: Yes, call to actions all throughout. I usually have a slide for that in the beginning where I'm asking them the question, how strongly do you feel about this? Share with me your favorite heart emoji if you ever felt this way. So still having those questions and a way for me to understand how to improve my messaging that speaks better with them. I do this all throughout my regular live launches, as well as my live videos. It's always getting them to be a part of the conversation, pull them in. So if you give a point about something, what's the best way to start growing your brand from scratch? Are you someone who's only been doing this for less than a year? Are you a course creator? Do you represent digital brands? Are you an agency owner? All of those things like we're always asking questions. So I actually do quite a bit of question asking in the form of call to actions, asking them specifically, and then giving them instructions on how to answer back. And once somebody engages with you, then they all feel okay about replying back.
0: Now, before we get into the paid side of this cuz I definitely want to talk about this. I know you use live video and helped others use live video to launch products and services. So, do you recommend people go live every week year round no matter what? Cuz so many people seem to only do it during launch phase and I'm just right. curious what your thoughts are on that.
1: Well, for me, one of the main reasons for going live is to build that skill set. It's to build the skill set so that when you do have a live launch, That is not the time to learn how to go live. That is not the time to be familiar with how all the different buttons work. Or if you're doing a webinar, you will perform so much better when you've done the practical work. I always look at launches like the Super Bowl and everything that we do between the Super Bowl in between our launches. Those are all those preliminary games leading up to the big game. I love it. Yeah. So... You will be so much more confident as well. And you're, you're going to go through all of the tech hurdles and the things that can and will happen in a live video situation and you'll be able to handle it. That's one of the things that I always tell my students in the beginning stages, the newer you are, I recommend having more frequency and shorter videos because you're just trying to remember your own name. You're just trying to add the layers of what you're saying in your messaging, of how you're performing because. We're not supposed to be good. Most people are not good at the get-go because this is a skill and none of us are born knowing how to do this. And it is not too late to start. It is never too late to start. So you got to give yourself some grace. I literally tell my students, You're supposed to suck less a little bit every time you go live. And it's amazing what happens in your first five live videos, your first 10 live videos. The amount of confidence that you have, you actually start to look forward to it. And then as you do that, most people don't have a live audience to begin with unless you already had a huge brand pulling them in from a different platform or other ways that you're serving them and you're just new to going live. In most cases, people are not going to have a ton of live viewers or any at all. They're going to be able to speak to their audience and build their audience through the replays. And then it. by having the call to actions, inviting them to come back so that you're live. And then pre-promoting. People don't even rarely pre-promote their live videos or pre-schedule them. So adding those layers. Those are all buildable layers as you go. Yeah. But it's so important in the beginning stages, keep them really short, but do them more frequently. So we're talking about three to four live videos a week. That way, the intention in the initial stages is to get the practice, is to get the familiarity with just how the app works. I recommend to my students, go live from your phone in the beginning and familiarize yourself with the phone because I've had plenty of times where I couldn't go live from my desktop because the third parties apps were down or they just weren't syncing with Facebook. And so to know what your backup plan is, to always have multiple contingency plans, that way you're well-prepared when it's really important, when it's the Super Bowl, when it's your live launch.
0: So the last part of your strategy, which assumes that we're going live from a page, because the only way we can do this is from a page, but assuming we're going live from a page, you recommended putting some money behind your You're live. So talk to me a little bit about that strategy.
1: Oh, this is my favorite part. This is like the real reason why. I'm still going live and prioritizing Facebook versus other platforms. And it's not that I'm all or nothing. It's about utilizing the time that we have and the energy that we have. How do we strategically show up and where do we strategically show up? And so the surface reasons is that I'm doing a live video. I show up. I have the the actual live engagement. But what really happens in the way that we really think like a, a successful business owner is what we can do to optimize our our presence, our establishing our brand, focusing on our messaging and growing our audience, both organically as well as with paid ads. When we're doing our live videos, we're putting a little bit of money into them. And we're boosting our reach, but we're not touching the boost button. We're just setting up a regular ad, but we're Always, almost 95% of the year when we're not in a launch, we're using engagement ads. Okay, I think this is truly one of the most underutilized strategies for increasing both our organic engagement as well as our future launch paid advertising strategies.
0: So just give me a few more words on that. Like, who are we mm-hmm. targeting? Uh, are we targeting our fans uh, with these engagement ads? Are we targeting our some other audience? What's your thoughts?
1: So when we're creating engagement ads we're looking at boosting and increasing our custom audiences. Now, I've done over 28 live launches, not just of my own product, but also as an affiliate, which I still continue to this day. We've done well over, I think, 15 of our own live launches from my own products. But here's what I know, that when you have more custom audiences and we look at the data, the audiences that convert into actual sales, the audiences that convert into higher quality leads. They primarily come from our custom audiences. And if your audience gets nothing else out of this conversation that we're having together, is that you want to increase the number of custom audience options that you have. Facebook gives us 500 custom audiences. That could change in the future. But most brands barely use 5. And custom audiences, we're talking about your email list, your customer list. If you have a customer list to start off with, or you know, you've know you been launching something else for a while, you have your actual fans and your followers, a website traffic audience. There's those Obvious ones. But when you're creating custom audiences based on video views and based on specific video views from people who watch different percentages of your videos, and then doubling down on that and creating lookalike audiences from those custom audiences, you are greatly stacking the odds in your favor when it comes time to then shift into creating more ads for conversions. We never go straight to conversion ads. I would not have the business that I have today if I went straight to conversion ads, which are more expensive than ever. But our ad costs and the quality and the number of leads that we get is greatly increased. Quality of leads goes up. Cost of leads goes goes down and our conversions go higher because of these custom audiences.
0: So are you only putting paid money behind the live videos when you're in launch phase? Or do you do it kind of year round just to be in front of your audience? Because the algorithm obviously doesn't get to everybody.
1: Right. So most of the time up until last month, we only ran conversion ads during a launch. Got it. And it was the first time. Can you believe seven years into my business that it was the first time running conversion ads, testing out different uh, freebies mm. <laughs> and they don't work well for us so far. Not as well as just what we do on our Facebook lives with a call to action to join my waitlist. We get close to a 22% conversion to a wait list that's always up except for when we're in a live launch.
0: Fascinating. This has been really, really insightful. I have so many more questions and I'm sure plenty (laughs) of the people that are listening right now do as well. Tiffany, where do you want people to go to find out more about you? Where do you want to send them?
1: I'm Coach Glitter Everywhere. That's another story for another day, how I came up with that name. But you can find me on Facebook, on Instagram. I would love it if you enjoyed this Podcast interview. If you got anything out of it, please do a screenshot and tag Mike. Your Mike at Mike Stelsner. Right? I'm at
0: Stelsner. Actually, oh, at
1: Stelsner, yep. and I'm at Coach Glitter everywhere. Tag us on Stories. That's one of the ways that we can get to have a conversation with you and dive in deeper into any questions that you have, anything that you particularly loved. Maybe you can get Mike to invite me back in the future. Whatever the case may be, tag us on Stories.
0: Tiffany Lee Bymaster, also known as Coach Glitter, everywhere on the socials. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your insights with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hey, if you missed anything, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 492. If you're new to the show, be sure to follow us. If you've been a long time listener, let your friends know about the show. I'm at Stelzner on Instagram. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week.